Let's turn our Bibles tonight. Revelation chapter 8. Revelation chapter 8. We'll be going throughout all the verses tonight, so we're not going to read all these in their entirety at first, but I do want us to at least get turned there. Oh, the last several weeks um, in our study in Revelation, we've been looking at the the six seals that were recorded in chapter 6. And uh, if you remember, we we went through each of those. We talked about what all those were, uh, those different seals, and and just the destruction and um, and, and just the chaos and and all the things that are going to go on during those seals. Now, in chapter 7, if you remember, we paused for a moment. We said that was our parenthetical chapter. And so it's like we, we got to the end of our sixth seal. And then someone hit the pause button. Uh, our, our gaze went back to heaven and all that was going on there. We saw uh, all the contents of chapter 7. And now we've hit the play button again. And so here we are. We're in chapter 8. And we're going to finish up with that seventh seal. Uh, and then, of course, as we finish the seventh seal, simultaneously we also see uh, the first of these seven trumpets being blown. And so uh, we're going to look at, at chapter 8, verses 1 through 5, uh, to just kind of get things started here. Look at verse eight with, or chapter 8, verse 1. It says, When he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. And I want us to bow in prayer and pray for God's blessings upon the message tonight. I'm going to ask Brother Ricky, if you will, to lead us in that prayer. back to verse 1 here for just a moment. It says, And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. It says in verse 2, And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne." And the smoke of the incense, which came uh, with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. Now I want to pause just for a moment. Let's look back at what's going on in these verses. First of all, I want you to see that before the throne of God, which means just immediately in front of it, we see an, an altar of incense that is there. Uh, does that ring a bell with anybody else? If you were to go back and study the Old Testament uh, in the tabernacle there, I've talked several times about how the tabernacle and the temple that was here on earth was actually a model of the throne room of God in heaven. And so when you walk through 
We've used this room several times as an example of uh, of the uh, the sanctuary and stuff. And so you you walk through. Let's say that those double doors there are the entrance into the tabernacle or the temple. And as you walk into the first room, you've got a menorah on one side. You've got a table of showbread on the other with uh, with twelve loaves of bread. Uh, then of course you have up here uh, you have a, a a giant veil. So let's imagine a big curtain that spans across there. Behind that veil is the Holy of Holies. That's what that chamber is called. And in that Holy, uh, that Holy of Holies was the Ark of the Covenant and the Mercy Seat. And, and so that we know, of course, represented the very throne of God here on earth. We've been talking quite a bit about the Ark of the Covenant in our Wednesday night study through the book of 1 Samuel. Well, just before you get to that veil and then where the Ark of the Covenant is, there's another piece of furniture that sits, and we'll use our pulpit as an example for that tonight, but there's actually another piece of furniture that sits there. It's called the Altar of Incense. And basically what the priest would do is he would come and he would burn incense, and and that smoke of that incense would constantly be going up. And what it represented was the prayers uh, of God's people going up to God. And, uh, and of course, it had a sweet smell to it. And so it kind of symbolized that our prayers are a sweet-smelling savor towards God. Of course, when we're in a right relationship with God, they are. And so what we find here in chapter 8, now we're going to the true throne room of God. And I want you to notice that in chapter 8, he says, I saw the seven angels, in verse 2, who stood before God, to them were given seven trumpets. Another angel came and stood at the altar, being the altar of incense, stood at the altar having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense that he should offer up. Offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And look at verse 4. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hands. And so when we look and and compare those two, it kind of helps us get a better visual of what was going on there. Now, here's what happens simultaneously whenever um, that seventh seal is open. And by the way, that happened in chapter 8 and verse 1. As soon as that seventh seal was broken or open, now we're able to move on to the next judgments, which are the trumpet judgments. And I want us to use our visual for that again, uh, just for a second. If you remember in chapter 5, there's a scroll. There's a book or a scroll which was sealed with seven seals. And we talked about how that w- they would have been sealed from, uh, from top to bottom of that scroll with seven seals. And Jesus has loosed six of those seals. So that means that there's one seal left uh, to be broken before that scroll could be opened. And I said that perhaps symbolically, if you remember, that scroll was written on the inside and on the outside, the the front and the back. And, uh, And what I said is that perhaps what we have here is once those seals are broken and the scroll is open, we're then able to move to what's on the inside, perhaps the the trumpet judgments, and then we could read the backside, which could perhaps be uh, the vile judgments that we'll see later. So here we are. We've got six that have been cracked open, all the stuff that's happened and going along with those six seals. Now Jesus opens the seventh seal, which permits him to open up the the trumpet judgment. So I want you to see what happens as we get to verse 6. It says, And the seven angels which had had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. Excuse me. 
In verse 7 it says, The first angel sounded, and there followed hell and fire mingled with blood, and they were cast upon the earth, and the third part of the trees was burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. So uh, basically what I want you to see right here is just that as, as soon as that seventh seal was loosed, then we went straight into the trumpet judgments. What I want us to do tonight, we are going to go verse by verse, but I just kind of lumped these into a couple of different thought processes. And the first thing I want us to look at and consider is the destruction of these trumpets. And tonight, we're only going to have time to look at chapter 8 at the first four of these trumpets. Next week, we'll move on to, excuse me, to the final three. Let's look at the first trumpet here for just a moment, though. And if you will, verse 7 says, The first angel sounded, and there followed hell and fire mingled with blood. And they were cast upon the earth. And I want you to notice this. The third part of the trees was burned up, and all the grass was burned up as well. Now I want you to imagine all the trees, you know, a third of all the trees being burned in this, uh, this judgment, and then the grass also being uh, burned as well. Uh, that, that, of course, would create quite a bit of, uh, of chaos and, uh, and problems, you know, uh, uh, great wildfires and things like that that are going on, all the destruction that would come along with those things. Let's move on down just very quickly to the second trumpet. Look at verses 8 and 9. It says, And the second angel sounded, and it... it, it I cannot read tonight. I, excuse me. I'm so sorry. The second angel sounded, and as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea. And a third part of the sea became blood. Now, I've actually heard this described as uh, volcanoes going off and, and lava and things like that uh, being in the, in the ocean and, uh, and those types of things. I don't know exactly what that is, but that's one explanation that I've heard. But he says, a great mountain burning with fire, that sounds like a volcano to me, uh, was cast into the sea, a third part of the sea became uh, blood. And a third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died, and a third part of the ships were destroyed. So our first attack in the, in the first trumpet was upon uh, the trees and the grass. The second was upon the sea. Uh, as we continue on, uh, in verse, excuse me, verses 10 and 11, Look with me there. It says, The third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were uh, a lamp. And it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of water. And the name of the star is called Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became Wormwood. And many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. Now, this one sounds just a little strange to me. First of all, we got this Wormwood that's capitalized. If you look here uh, in verse, where is that? Verse 11, the name of the star is called Wormwood. A third part of the waters became Wormwood. Uh, I looked that up. The, wor- the Wormwood that it talks about here was actually like a bitter root or, or something that they had in the Middle East. They would have known exactly what it was. Uh, but basically what it was, something that was very bitter, a bitter root. And it says that a great star called Wormwood fell into uh, the water sources. And those waters became wormwood. Uh, and then it explains that. It says they became bitter. Now, I, I was thinking back to the Old Testament. By the way, we, we never really need to try to interpret anything in the New Testament without first looking at the Old Testament. And so when I think back to the book of Exodus, 
If you remember in, in the Exodus, uh, as they left, just as they crossed the Red Sea, they were taken out to a desert, and they got what in the desert? They got thirsty in the desert, right? And so they had to have some kind of water source. And if you remember, the first water source that they came to was, uh, it, I believe it was bitter waters. It talks about those waters being bitter. Now, one way that we can look at that is they drank it and it didn't taste good. Anybody ever had any tap water that tasted a little bitter or whatever, maybe some sulfur water, whatever it may be. But I think the emphasis on this bitterness is not just on the taste of itself, but on the fact that these waters were contaminated. They, they were not drinkable. And so, uh, of course, these, these waters were undrinkable. But if you remember, God worked a miracle through Moses. He's building these, these young Christians' faith. So they're not Christians yet, but you know what I mean. And so he's building their faith. And so Moses cast a tree into the, uh, the water source there. And those bitter waters became sweet. Another way of saying that is those contaminated waters became filtered. So that was our first water filtration system when they threw that tree into the water there. And so we have that contaminated water becoming sweet or drinkable. Now, here's what we find here in verse 11. It says that a star named Wormwood uh, fell into the water sources. If we look at verse 10, it tells us what those sources were. It says, upon the rivers and upon the fountains of the waters. And those waters all became bitter or were made bitter. And I believe that, that probably what that's saying is, is that those water sources became contaminated. If you contaminate the rivers, a third of the rivers, and you contaminate a third of the fountains uh, of the deep or the earth, then what you're going to have is you're going to have a lot of people who are without uh, drinkable water. And so, of course, that's also going to create a lot of different problems as well. Now, if you have any other thoughts on this wormwood and, uh, and what that was and, and what all that says. We are going to have a time of discussion here a little bit, and I'd love for anybody else's input uh, there as well. All right, now let's move on to the fourth trumpet that we find here in verse, uh, verse 12. And if you look there, it says, And the fourth angel sounded, and a third part of the sun was smitten, and a third part of the moon, and the third part of the stars... So the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. And, and so we see now that the celestial bodies have also been uh, judged as well. They, uh, they've been attacked as well through these trumpets. Now one of the things, you know what, I actually didn't notice this as I was studying it. I just noticed it as we were reading it right now. And that's some, this is something I'm just going to throw out there, and that I need to go do some study on it, Okay. And you go do some study on it as well. But I'm watching this, and I didn't catch this before, but as we go through these four trumpets, I want you to notice what it gets attacked first. First, what gets attacked is the trees and the grass. Second, what gets attacked is uh, some of the waters, but I want you to notice that because of what happened to the waters, the fish, the marine animals began to die. Then we have, uh, on earth again, we have the rivers of the waters being attacked as well. And then now we have the celestial bodies being attacked too. Now I want you to think back to creation. And uh, these aren't necessarily in order, but I was just thinking about the days of creation and, and what God created. And, you know, He separates the water from the earth. He, he makes the tree and the green, green, herb, uh, green herbs or the grass sprout up. And uh, we have that succession of how God created things. 
And now it looks like he is successively bringing judgment upon those things as well. So that's something I want to study out a little bit more, see if there's actually a connection there. But I thought I'd throw that out for you while I was thinking about it. And maybe you can uh, come up with something on that as well. But it's just interesting to me, uh, the pattern that we see there. And so we have the destruction of these trumpets. I want you to think about the mass chaos that's going on now. Uh, We have the sea, of course, that uh, a third part of it has been turned into blood. We have uh, the rivers and the fountains of the deep that are are not able to bring forth uh, drinkable water anymore. We have a third of the trees and a third of the grass and stuff being burned on the earth. And all these dead marine life and, and things like that just... A tragedy that's taking place. And, uh, and this is on top of the seven seals that have already been unleashed upon the earth. So that means that those who are still remaining from those first seven seals are now having to go through uh, these trumpet judgments and all the, the terrible things that are going and taking place there. Now the second thing I want us to look at tonight and consider is the pattern of these trumpets as well. The pattern of these trumpets. Does anybody notice a word that keeps showing up in almost every verse that we've read tonight? I mean, it just gets said over and over and over again. Anybody notice that? I'm going to heighten your Bible study skills. Third, exactly, right. Now, somebody else said something, too. Well, that's true. The angels are sounding because they're all blowing their trumpets. So we have that repeating with each trumpet being blown. But then we also see the word third being come up as well. And in the trumpet judgments, there's just a a continual repetition of a third part of this and a third part of that being attacked. I want us to kind of go back through these verses once again. I want you to notice that. It says the first angel sounded, there followed hell uh, mingled with blood, hell and fire mingled with blood, excuse me, they were cast upon the earth. And then notice this, a third part of the trees was burned up and all green grass was burned up. I believe it's talking about planet earth. A third of the trees being burned. Can you imagine what that does to ecosystems, what that does to uh, not only animals, but even the people of the earth as well? It says, A second angel sounded, as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea. A third part of the sea became blood. Almost reminds us of some of Egypt's judgments as well, doesn't it? But it says, They became blood. Now, whether we take that literally, that they literally became blood, just as we saw in the plagues of Egypt, or whether we take that as representing something else, maybe this is lava, magma, whatever you want to call that, whatever it may be, still yet, uh, it affects, of course, uh, the marine life that's there as well. And so we see that in verse 9, that a third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died, and a third part of the ships were destroyed by this, this mountain, Uh, that's been thrown into the sea and and the blood that came uh, out of it. If you look at verse 10, it says, The third angel sounded, there fell a great star from heaven. We saw that. Look at verse 11. Uh, The name of the star is called Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became Wormwood. That means, I believe, across the globe, a third of the earth's water sources become bitter and undrinkable. 
Then we have the fourth angel sounding, and it says a third part of the sun was smitten, a third part of the moon, a third part of the stars, and a third part of them was darkened. The day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. So a lot of thirds are coming up here. And I, I, I just try to imagine what that looks like. I, we know, I don't know, scientifically, I don't know that a third part of the sun uh, could be cut off. And then, you know, uh, but, but in some way it's going to be blocked. A third part of that sun is going to be blocked. Something is happening to the earth, the moon, and the stars. And when that happens, it's going to cause a third part of the earth not to get the sunshine uh, that it's supposed to have on, on the right time. And likewise, during the nighttime, the moon is not going to shine on a third part of the earth uh, during that as well. I don't know exactly what that looks like, but anyway, that's the best way that I can explain what's going on. Again, we are going to have a time of discussion if anybody has any extra thoughts on those as well. But again, just uh, even with these that we're talking about, just imagine the worldwide chaos that's going to be going on. Now that brings us to verse 13, which is the woe of the coming trumpets. And so I want us to look at verse 13. It says, And I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpets of the three angels which are yet to sound. By the way, that, that woe, that's something we used to say in Arkansas, but it's also something that, uh, that was said in the Old Testament as well. And when a prophet would cry, woe against a city or woe against a nation, then that means you better put your seatbelt on, you better, you better buckle down, or, or what do they say here when the hurricanes come? Hunker down. You better hunker down because something bad is fixing to happen. I want you to notice how many woes were given. Three, and how many trumpets are left to be blown? Three. And so he says, woe, woe, woe. To the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpets and the three angels which are yet to sound. So we have a woe for each of these three angels and the trumpets which they're going to blow. Notice that only the four of the trumpets have sounded so far. And then an angel comes saying that these are, we're just getting warmed up for the last three trumpets that are going to take place. Next week, next week we are going to look at those three trumpets and talk about their effects on the world as well. And I'm going to say this as we finish up uh, here tonight in our message. The things we looked at are troublesome. We're going to try to bring all that we've studied tonight into the context of of chapter 9 next week as we look at the rest of these trumpets. And so just kind of hang on to what we've looked at tonight. But these things are troublesome. But remember that they are preparing people to look for a deliverer. They're going to start looking for somebody to bring some order and some sense to what's going on. Somebody to start fixing the problems uh, that's going on in the earth. They're going to be looking for a Messiah. And I'm going to tell you, a Messiah is coming. But before he does, Satan's going to get his Messiah in there as well. And the Antichrist is going to come, and they're going to think that they've got the right guy. They're going to think that they have a strong leader, a good leader, but he's going to deceive them And he's going to bring even more destruction uh, upon those that are here during the Great Tribulation. But here's what I want you to see. A Messiah is coming. Because at the end of the book of Revelation, we see the true Christ who's going to come. And he's going to set up his kingdom. And he's going to bring real order to everything that's been going on. But first, there's still quite a bit more that has to be endured. 
that's all that I have tonight for, um, for our lesson. And what I want to do is just go ahead and have our time of discussion, and then we'll have a, uh, a, a short invitation afterwards. But does anybody have any questions or any comments on the things that we've looked at tonight? Anybody at all? Yes, sir. Say that one more time. I'm sorry. Well, he allowed this because it's. Uh, he didn't just allow this. We actually see that he's he's the source of what's going on now, and so this is the wrath of God that's being poured out on a sinful earth. And what we do sometimes in our self-righteousness is we look around and we say, that's so terrible, how could God do that? But we don't realize how far and how badly our sin has offended God. And let's look at the wickedness that's going on in our world today. And, and you know, humanity does deserve uh, judgment. And that's exactly what we're seeing happen here. Now, please keep in mind that Israel is the star player in, in all of this. I mean, they're, they're the, uh, the recipients, in a sense, of, of all that's going on. But at the same time that God is bringing judgment upon Israel, He also is simultaneously uh, bringing judgment upon the, the rest of the world as well. And, uh, and so, uh, your question was, why, why is God allowing this to happen? Because it's part of His judgment, you know. And uh, uh, it, it's, his, it's our just reward for what we've done. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to tell you the the whole world's going to go through it, but nobody's going to go through it like Israel's going to go through it, right? Because they were His chosen nation, mm-hmm. and they're still they're still pulling away from Him as a whole. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Yeah. And the escape for all of that was taken care of at the cross. They, they had a choice. But what's also interesting is, we didn't see it in the book of John, but exactly what you're talking about, in one of the other Gospels, their reply to Pilate was, His blood be upon us and upon our children. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, they, in a sense, asked for uh, these, this judgment to be coming upon them. Absolutely. I, I've smelled 15 dead fish. I can't imagine a third part of marine life being dead and, and stinking the way it did. And you know they're going to wash up on shore, and it, it's, going to be a, it's going to be a mess. But, yeah, I mean, people's hearts are... It's just like Pharaoh in the, in the plagues. It's just going to continue to be hardened, and it's sad to see that. 